If you've been brave enough to look into St. Louis County politics lately, you might find that the tensions are a little bit high. That's actually an understatement because the St. Louis County Council and St. Louis County Executive Steve Stenger have been at extreme odds over a multitude of issues. That's playing into the Democratic primary for county executive, where Stenger is running for re-election against businessman Mark Montavani. Stenger believes he has a list of accomplishments that are impressive enough for a second term. He also contends that Montavani doesn't share Democratic values that are instilled within St. Louis County's voter base. You didn't just throw $250 at Eric Greitens. You invested $20,000 for some reason because you believed in his candidacy. Montavani, though, feels that Stanger lacks the maturity and leadership to continue on as St. Louis County Executive. And to suggest that his knowledge is being used for the benefit of the community, I think, is preposterous. His knowledge is being used for the benefit of his own financial well-being, period. On this edition of Politically Speaking, we break down the competitive races for St. Louis County-level offices and how the acrimony could be resonating with voters. And welcome to Politically Speaking. I'm your host, Jason Rosenbaum, a reporter with St. Louis Public Radio. Joining me in studio on this lovely Friday afternoon is... Colleague Joe Manis. And... Rachel Lippman. We've gotten the gang back together. I know. I know. Even though it's a beautiful day, we'd all rather be doing something else, probably. So, so the reason we have reunited the three people responsible for the uh, infamous Greitens podcast is we're going to be talking about St. Louis County-level races... And uh, that's St. Louis County Executive, St. Louis County Prosecutor, and the race to represent Joe Manis and Jason Rosenbaum on the County Council <laughs> in the 5th District. It's the biggest honor anyone could ever hope to have. Oh, my. Right. Uh, so we, we figured we'd get an extra person in here to, to break down the tranquil world of St. Louis County politics. And I, and I got to tell you, Joe, I, I know you've been covering St. Louis County politics longer than I've been Alive, alive, most likely. <laughs> well, it's and true. longer it's than true. I've been alive. It's true. Has it ever been this bad? Well, as far as the relations on the county council members, never. I, it is It is truly a sight to behold about how much Stanger and the council, the majority of the council, hate each other. It, it far surpasses the acrimony that I saw when Charlie Dooley was in his last year, which was pretty bad. But this is like... On another level. And it's also more like it's the whole council, too. Like if I remember and I I don't cover county much, so I'm, you know, kind of swimming out of my league here. But it was you didn't have like a six to one or a six to two split. It it was like it was was five to two. And then unfortunately, Kathleen Burkett passed away and was replaced by Sam Page, who really wasn't a factor in Mm -hmm. in those council wars at the time. But. He's I, a major factor now. I, I He's mentioned, like the factor, isn't he? I, I, yes, absolutely. And I mention this because I think that this acrimony, at least when you're talking about like how this race is going on, I'm not sure if everyday people pay super close attention to the St. Louis County Council. But I really think that what is going on here is uh, Steve Stanger, who is the incumbent Democratic county executive, is, is trying to position himself as somebody who accomplished a lot in his first term and as somebody who just says that the county council and and the acrimony 
is kind of just a part of, of local politics. Now, this is what he had to say on Politically Speaking recently, actually. So I think that anyone who truly wishes to lead is going to have that type of acrimony. And I think that, uh, you know, this isn't about pointing fingers at anyone, but I, I think that this is just a natural consequence of where we are in politics. I mean, we have the same issue in the city. We have the same issue in Jackson County. We have the same issue in Kansas City. We're seeing more of a tension for whatever reason within our state and I think nationally between the legislature and the executive branch. I think, though, there is one key difference. In the county council, it's gotten personal. I mean, this is a very personal dislike between Stinger and some of the council members. When I covered the meeting a couple weeks ago, when, when he was there and he was refusing to engage, he was just sitting there. And at one point, he made some, he, the only crack he made to Paige was that Paige was trying to press him to comment on something. And he said, I'm paraphrasing, he said, I'm not going to get involved in your political games. Shenanigans. And, yeah, political shenanigans. Okay, let's get this right. But my point is, is I cannot remember, and I've been going to county council meetings off and on for more than 40 years. And while there have been some combative uh, engagements on certain issues, never on this level of personal. And I think you don't even see that in other par- in, in, in the other municipalities and, or counties. And I was just going to say, Rachel, and I say this all the time, people always give the city of St. Louis a bad rap for being dysfunctional. I have sat through countless Board of Aldermen hearings over the last few years. Yes, they have been contentious over issues, and occasionally it's gotten personal. But it is not nearly the level of acrimony in the county. It's not nearly the public level of acrimony in this city. But I think there are a lot of times, and I'm thinking specifically about the uh, buffer zone issue, trying to create sort of a protest buffer zone around the Planned Parenthood facility in the Central West End. There are a lot of development issues, especially individual projects and wards that get caught up in things that are masked as uh, uh, issue based when it is really just sort of personal opposition. It doesn't devolve into name calling necessarily, but it is kind of masked by this. I'm objecting to this on really issue based grounds. So Mark Bondavani has put in a lot of his own money. He's bringing up the acrimony in the county council. He's questioning Stenger's ethics on a whole bunch of things. And I think he's even questioned basically Stenger's maturity in office. But I think there are two main issues that he, he's posing them. One is the fact that Montavani gave $20,000 or so to Eric Greitens' uh, gubernatorial campaign, which he has used in ads to, to great effect. The other thing that I think Stanger and myself had brought up is he has Montavani has no experience in any elected office, which brings up a, what I think is a fair question about how qualified he's going to be to run Missouri's largest county when he is just coming in as an outsider, this is what he had to say about that. The key role of the county uh, executive uh, in the coming days is to make certain that this region moves forward. I totally disagree with you okay. if you believe that the key role of the county government uh, is uh, to uh, uh, merely merely make certain that uh, the, uh, the, the, the trains are running on time. That's very important, okay? That is very important. But the problem that we have in this community isn't solved by the trains running on time. It is solved by creating change in this community. And I would argue that the fact that somebody has been ingrained in this system and doesn't realize 
that there are other ways of doing things and other approaches, and a bigger world out there is inhibiting the growth of this community. So, Joe, talking to a lot of observers, a lot of them are not happy with Stanger for various reasons, but they are a little leery of Montavani because of his lack of experience in county government. And county executive is a very specific job that requires you to lead very specific departments. And it's more than just a regional vision sort of thing approach. What are you hearing? Well, as a, as we should me- mention, Montavani is a businessman who actually his business is in the city, although um, it, he used to have it in the county. I think that one of his problems, uh, part of the fact that his uh, political donations have been varied, he he admits that he gave to Greitens and some Republicans over the years, although he also emphasizes that he gave to Hillary Clinton. I think that part of it is timing. Uh, he's running as a businessman, uh, first time uh, office holder for, for the county's top spot at the time when the state just tossed out its governor for sort of the same thing. He uh, was successful in the private sector and it, things just didn't fit. And then uh, President Donald Trump, who's been under fire, some people love him, some hate him. But it's all over his business acumen and the fact that he hadn't dealt with government before. So I think Montavani, from that standpoint, he has to prove that somehow he is um, not part of that mold, that he is somebody who would be able to adapt quickly to running county government. And from what I'm hearing, I mean, there's it's mixed on that. But I think his supporters, of which there are a number among Democrats even, they are so frustrated with Stanger, either because of his campaign finance activities or the fact that he has strained relations with a lot of people, that um, that's where Montavani, that helps him. Because while they have complaints about Montavani, they also have complaints about Stanger. So, so I'm not going to do any prognosticating on this show about who's going to win or whatnot, but it's hard to argue that Prop A being on the ballot, which is the right to work referendum, will not help Stanger, given that Stanger has a lot of union endorsements. But if Stanger ends up prevailing, he's still going to have a council that's going to be at least six to one against him, as we'll talk about later, could be seven to zero against him. How does he get anything done in his second term if the council is just going to continue this acrimonious relationship with him? Well, I mean, it could be hard, but I think we also need to make clear that the county executive, unlike the mayor of the city of St. Louis, has far more unilateral powers. And while I think if Stanger does win a second term, he is going to have to reevaluate how he deals with the council. He can do a lot of stuff without them, unlike the mayor of the city of St. Louis, where it could be virtually impossible to operate without um, the, the board of aldermen. Now, one thing I do want to make clear on the uh, Prop A front I think it's interesting and telling that Montavani's uh, latest ad has him saying from the get-go in his ad that he uh, opposes Prop A. So he wants to make it clear that whether or not Labor has endorsed him, that he's supporting uh, their their effort to block Prop A. Let's move on to St. Louis County Prosecutor, which is one of the reasons I brought Rachel in to talk to us today. Um, this race is probably operating slightly under the radar with with county executive because county executive is probably the most prominent election in the St. Louis region. But 
it's gotten quite active. The the fact that a lot of national groups are getting into this and the fact that both candidates are kind of sparring with each other in public signals to me that this is a more competitive race than usual for Bob McCullough. What are you kind of observing and seeing so far, Rachel? Competitive in this prosecutor's race is a relative term. Um, McCullough hasn't had a Republican opponent since his second election in 1994, I believe, and was only recently challenged on the Democratic side last time he was elected in 2014. So in that sense, yes, it is a more competitive race in that he has someone who's kind of like actively campaigning and getting the attention of these outside groups. It's not just like a token, I'm going to kind of come at him from the left. Ferguson is obviously going to shape this race. McCullough won, all but won his office the last time on August 4th, 2014, which was five days before Michael Brown was shot and killed in Ferguson. His challenger is a Ferguson County Council, Ferguson City Councilman, Wesley Bell, elected in the first municipal election after Michael Brown. That's, I think, part of what is getting this national attention. But I think, like with the county executive race, the fact that Proposition A is on this same ballot can't hurt McCullough. He's pulled in a lot of money from kind of the the laborers, the pipe fitters, all of those kind of, you know, what you think of as traditional union support. So let's hear from Bell first. He's a Ferguson city councilman. He actually ran unsuccessfully for county council against Hazel Irby in 2014. So this is not his first go at county office. This is kind of what he had to say about his experience, which is primarily as a municipal prosecutor and as a municipal judge. What the prosecutor does is decide what the direction, what direction that office is going to go in, what we're going to prosecute, what we're not, what kind of policies are we going to implement. Everyone knows, if, if you know an attorney, Bob McCullough hasn't tried a case in years. So it's not as if he's in there just trying every case. He's not. And so um, um, I've tried over 75 cases. I've, I've, I've um, served in every capacity in the criminal justice process. And I think that um, that perspective um, has allowed me to see the needs of, of, of how to reform. McCullough has a different view of Bell's experience. If you take a look at it, first of all, and, and, and we'll talk about that, you know, Velda City was a prime example. And Mr. Bell was the judge in Velda City in 2013, 14, and part of 15. And the reforms he talks about implementing were done because he was ordered to do them in terms of recalling warrants, in terms of dismissing cases. You know, he he was the judge at a time when Velda City was one of the most predatory municipal courts that were up there, resulting in three different federal lawsuits. And the last one, was, which was settled almost immediately, a young lady who was arrested on, you know, some minor charge and held in jail and would have lost that had a, uh, a, law, a group not intervened and filed a federal lawsuit. Um, So just the fact that McCullough is going after Bell with that much specificity signals to me that he's taking this challenge from Bell pretty seriously. Um, How do you think the experience issue plays in this race? Because Bell is going to say, you know, I have the experience as Ferguson City Councilman and working in some of these municipal arenas to really change the prosecutor's office. But McCullough is going to say, I have the most prosecutorial experience pretty much anybody in the state. 
and Bell's experience is not transferable to this type of job. What what do you think, Rachel? I mean, I think the municipal court portion of uh, Wesley Bell's career is going to be the hardest that he has to shake. It was a reason that he didn't get all the support of a lot of the activist groups when he was running for Ferguson City Council because they viewed him as someone who had been part of the predatory system that they wanted to change. I mean, it is kind of a divide between what you think of as the traditional law and order prosecutor and sort of the new reformist activists. Prosecutors are the most important part of the criminal justice system, and therefore that's why they need to lead in reform. And it'll be interesting to see if Bell can motivate voters that kind of follow his track to get uh, and get them out to vote, or if sort of the more traditional um, law and order, you know, go with experience will win out. And I do wonder how what has been happening in the St. Louis Circuit Attorney's Office, the equivalent to the county prosecutor in the city of St. Louis, and some of what has been happening there with a first-time, relatively inexperienced prosecutor leading that office, will have some people in the county going, you know what, we don't need that here. Joe, you've, you've known Bob McCullough for a long time. When he was on our show this week, he was actually emphasizing how his office had implemented, quote unquote, progressive policies towards criminal justice. First of all, is that a new direction for for Bob McCullough? Or is this something that he's been doing for a while and maybe talking about for a while, but it just hasn't really resonated with the activist community for for various reasons? You probably know better than me on this issue. Well, I mean, I'm no expert, but I would say that this has been a relatively, by relatively, I mean, like in the last eight years, where he's done more of this. This came up, some of this came up when they were raising money for the uh, new uh, Justice Center in mm-hmm. the county and some of the stuff for the juvenile uh, programs. So I think it's fair to say that he's been doing, his office has been doing some of this. Uh, I mean, but he's been in office for uh, what, I mean, 28. 28 years. But I mean, it's fair to say that maybe the last eight, there's been more of an effort in this way. It's not something that he talks about all the time. Now, there's something that I want to mention that I think could affect all of these races. Um, Missouri does not have registration by party. They do not. And I think you could have a number of Republicans in the county uh, taking a Democratic ballot on on August uh, 7th for various reasons. But the bottom line is that could affect um, this this contest. It could affect the county executive contest, and it could affect the next one that we're going to talk about. And that's the 5th District And contest. I have seen, driving out along uh, Ledoux and others' roads in, the, in St. Louis County, a fair number, not like a, a, you know like enough to create a trend, but a fair number of Wagner-Montavani sign combinations here. Which I'm sure that, well, we got to point something out here, and this has been pointed out on Twitter correctly. I won't want to say Stanger's victory in 2014 was predicated completely on Republican crossover votes because he he won like 66 to 37, which means, you know, the Republican vote. His his Democratic primary vote. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, there was there was an active effort to get Republicans to cross over for Stanger then. And I think that he probably wouldn't mind it if Republicans voted for him again, even though he's going with this, I'm the super Democrat. Uh, well, but thing. I think I think the theory is that if they cross over this time, they're not going to vote for Stanger. They're going to vote for Montavani. Montavani. While the county Democrats officially have been denying this, I've been asking them for months because I've been hearing rumors that one of the reasons there's no big name 
Republican candidate for county executive is that there was some consideration that, A, they didn't want to really drive up a big St. Louis County turnout in the fall, and B, that the thought was that they don't. There, there is only one major Republican primary in the, in, in our immediate area, which is for state auditor. And I think in some cases, some Republicans are like, "Fine, well, we can, if our people want to." Even while officially they're telling people not to do it, unofficially, it's not like you're seeing a lot of uh, signs or public appeals. Don't take a Democratic ballot if you're Republican. <laughs> So we could see some of this. And, 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 and if you remember in 2014, while the Republicans went with Stanger in the primary, in the general election, they pretty much defected and went to their own um, Rick Stream. Who it was actually defections them. the other way. Yeah. In, in exactly. 2014, it exactly. was a wing of the Democratic Party defecting and supporting Stream. Yeah. Exactly. Let's talk about the 5th District race. And I want to talk about this more than just it personally affects <laughs> Joe and I. So... As, as other people have mentioned, whether Councilman Pat Dolan of Richmond Heights wins re-election has no effect on whether Stenger has a, a majority coalition on the council. I, I don't really think it's going to make a huge difference if it's six to one or seven to zero. It would certainly send a pretty damning message if it was seven to zero. But from all practical effects, six to one is a commanding oppositionary majority. But I think that Dolan realizes that he is definitely facing a tougher challenge than usual here. I think he saw what happened to Mike O'Meara, which admittedly was in a different district. He was a white councilman in an an African-American district. I think his time ran out when a a candidate, an African-American candidate with resources ran against him. And he was also a labor guy, just like Dolan. So that's one of the reasons I think Dolan pays attention to this. I think he's been emphasizing a lot of the things that he's been able to pass on the council, whether it be uh, LGBT rights, farmer's market stuff, uh, complete streets. This is what he had to say uh, a couple of weeks ago about his re-election bid. We're doing everything we can to uh, try to get out and let people know the things that we have been able to do for them in St. Louis County. I know we've been pride ourselves on being very responsive to all concerns and matters of the county, of any of the residents that it fits, so we're going to continue to do that. and um, Hopefully people will see the things that we have done for him, like I said, and we will continue to do. And you know, I have two opponents, so I'm doing everything you have to do to run a race, you know, trying to get out and get our message out there and beat on some doors and talk to people and let them know that we're there for them. And hopefully they uh, appreciate what we've done so far and look forward to continuing on. So Dolan is Stinger's lone ally on the county council. And that's become a big issue for both of his opponents, Lisa Clancy and Michael Burton. Lisa Clancy is probably the more well-organized and well-funded of the opponents. The last time I checked, she's raised like $35,000, which probably is more at this point. Not as much as Dolan, but the rule of thumb is in county council races, like you don't necessarily need to outrage your opponent. Like Rochelle Walton Gray didn't raise as much as Michael Mara. But as long as you have enough money to have a functioning campaign, you're a threat. Yeah, and, and to get your message out. And I asked uh, Clancy because, you know, let's be candid here. She, well, her brother works for Mark Montavani, and she has not been a fan of Stanger, even though I think her brother worked for Stanger in the past. I wanted to just, I just asked her flat out if this was a proxy war between Stanger 
and, and Montavani. And this was her response. I think that this is about making sure that government works for the people. And I think the people in District 5 and in our region are concerned about corruption and cronyism right now in St. Louis County government. And they want leaders to stand up to that. And that's why we have seen a bipartisan coalition of policymakers on St. Louis County Council trying to rein in some of the irresponsible decisions and, and quite frankly, unethical decisions that have happened under our county executive's leadership. So I don't see this as a proxy war. I see this as a big picture, making government work for the people and working to restore trust and be accountable restore trust in county government, ultimately be accountable to the community. I just find it incredibly what is striking me, and then I know you guys want to sort of reflect on that clip, is just this is sort of the conversations that were going around in the last Democratic primary, except it was Stanger targeting Dooley with some of the similar, like, you know, corruption, cronyism kind of stuff. So it's just a very interesting full circle. Well, and Stanger was helped, and Stanger was helped in 2014 because Bob McCullough endorsed him and did some TV ads for him. And I think it's interesting that this time McCullough is staying out of that. Uh, so he's kind of playing, trying to be more neutral. Well, he clearly wants Stinger to win. Like, yeah, that's but not... he's not doing ads. He's not showing up at campaign events more. Yeah, that, that they're running their own races, and maybe Stinger feels like he doesn't need McCullough. But well, I, it could be that McCullough be that it, feels he doesn't need Stinger. Be, be that as it may, how worried, Joe, how worried should Dolan be about Lisa Clancy? In your view, I think it depends on turnout. I think his biggest concern should be that if you have a lot of younger Democrats, um, some of some of whom have not, some of these Democratic organizations in the fifth have been not going with him. I think that I think that would be his concern is that if you have an energized younger Democratic electorate who actually gets out in the primary, which and that's a lot of ifs. I think then he could have uh, a big threat. I think he's helped a little bit because there are two challengers, not one. And that's a great segue to Michael Burton. Joe and I know Michael Burton well because when we've been going to county council, he's been speaking out about Tower T Golf Course. Every meeting, every meeting, and he brings a bunch of allies, and they all stand up when he speaks. Now, he emphasized to me in my phone conversation with him that he's running on more than just Tower T, because Tower T's closed now. Like, maybe it gets redeveloped into residential, maybe not. I have no clue. But he emphasized that he's running on more than just that issue. Some of the other things that I'm running on, I'm a strong advocate for... LGBTQ rights, women's rights, the rights of minorities. I'm going to be, if I'm elected into office, I'll be writing legislation to stop texting and driving and um, talking on the phone and driving hands-free. I think St. Louis County really needs that. I would also be writing legislation to make sure that every St. Louis County cop has a body cam on. It's uh, pretty shocking to me that they don't already for the citizens' protection and for the officers' protection from frivolous lawsuits. So you you kind of mentioned this before. Even Burton concedes that most of the support, money, endorsements are going Clancy's way as opposed to his campaign. But his presence on the ballot and the fact that he has gained some notoriety because of this Tower T issue, I I don't think you can really write him off as a non-factor in a situation where if all things are considered, because I see a lot of Dolan signs in Richmond Heights, but I've seen a lot of Clancy signs everywhere else in this district, could be a pretty close race. Well, yeah, and I think that he could he could play a spoiler factor. 
Um, one of the interesting things he did at the last uh, last council meeting, I was at a couple of weeks ago, he brought a ventriloquist dummy, which had the Dolan label on it. He said it right the front row of the council audience. I mean, it, you know, I get a little theater here. But I think that he does have uh, some support in South County because you've got a number of South County residents who are really upset over this, over the Tower T, which is the miniature golf course. They're extremely upset about this. And so the issue becomes, do they vote for him? Or do they decide that Clancy has the best chance and they vote for her? Uh, and yeah. even, even, even though Dolan's trying to stay out of this. I and, and without getting too micromanaging into that issue, having been to Afton many times, I will say that the housing stock there is significantly older than some of the other places in St. Louis County. And you could make an argument that if they build a lot of newer homes, it may make the area more attractive to live in, might raise property values. But on the other hand, I think that there's some people like Burton want it to become like a park or yes, something like yeah, that. Yeah, because there is a push in South County for more parks. And I think Dolan, Dolan has really tried to emphasize that there is no formal Tower T proposal redevelopment one yet that has yet to be presented to the county because I think he sees that this could be the type of issue that in his district could mushroom where people say and this is in addition to X and this is in addition to Y and this is why we need somebody else. I mean what has kind of struck me about listening to to Burton and to Montevani a little bit is that in the same way that you had it with former Governor Eric Greitens is that there's some level of misunderstanding as to what county executive and county council can do. It's a very different governing structure than you have in the city of St. Louis because the municipalities in a lot of these areas handle some of the stuff that would be handled at kind of a municipal level. So while, yeah, the the whole Tower T thing, for example, he was talking about putting body cameras on every police officer. The department's already moving in that direction. They're going to use the Proposition P sales tax money to put cameras in cars and on the officers. So, yeah. Yeah. Final question for you guys. So St. Louis County is a very important voting base for Democrats and to some extent Republicans, but definitely more for Democrats now in statewide elections. If the results of these elections just make lots of people, lots of Democrats in St. Louis County supremely unhappy, however that goes, is that going to make it more difficult to get a robust turnout for people like Claire McCaskill and Nicole Galloway in the in the fall? Or do you think that people are just going to come out and vote in the U.S. Senate race because it's an important race and factors like county council chaos is just not going to be a big factor in turnout? Joe, what do you think? Well, I think it's a good question. I think that if enthusiasm is tamped down at all because of frustrations of what happens in the August primary, that could have an effect on turnout in St. Louis County. And St. Louis County turnout in November will be crucial. When Claire McCaskill won her first race for the U.S. Senate back in 2006, her margin of victory statewide was almost identical to her margin of victory in St. Louis County. St. Louis County is the largest voting block in the state. If they come out in huge numbers, I have seen various elections over the last 30 years where the St. Louis County has played an oversized role because the voters, the suburban voters, were energized about something. Um, and I think what the Republicans in the state are looking at is they want to make sure that St. Louis County voters aren't really riled up about stuff. 
Well, they may be anyway because of what's going on in Washington. But I think that um, having a lot of these divisive issues on the August ballot, it could play both ways for Democrats. I think you're bringing up a good point, Jason. I often do. On that note, <laughs> uh, we want to thank all of you for, for giving your insight. And by we, I mean me. I'm not multiple people. <laughs> for all of our stories. Sometimes feels like it with the amount that he does. Well, thank you. For all of our stories, stlpublicradio.org. Follow me on Twitter at Jay Rosenbaum. Follow Joe on Twitter at... Jay Manis. That's J-M-A-N-N-I-E-S. And follow Rachel on Twitter at... At our Lipman, two P's, two N's. We'll be back next time. Until then, so long.